You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Frenzy. And of course, another great night. And George Kurtz is with us tonight, filling in for Corey Parson. George, how are we doing? I'm doing well, Tony. Geared up here. Like I said, it's been a wild, uh, wild off season for uh, free agent football here. Yeah, if you're not listening to the show live, if you listen to this on the weekend, you go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the shows. But last night we, we caught you up on all the all the moves that were happening in the NFL, and tonight we got a special show. Tonight we got a special show where we're gonna go through every team in the National Football League, and you're gonna get the first thought in our mind concerning their offseason, concerning where they'll be next year, or whatever comes to mind when we think of this team, Georgia. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah, it's like a, like a game show here. Oh, yeah, this channel's big on game shows, man. They love their game shows. Actually, it's like when you go see a, well, maybe you've seen a psychiatrist more than I have, but they give you that little, uh, you know, they give you those little cards <laughs> with the little figures. They tell you it's the first thing that comes to mind or word association. Yeah. Uh, George, i never seen a psychiatrist ever. You sure. might be able to tell Would you that. admit yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's, like, now it's, like, a lot of people have them now, right? Like it's kind of cool to go to has gone to see one. Really, I think it's cool. That people think they're cool when they go to get a little psychiatrist help. First off, if you get a psychiatrist, uh, the first team I have is the Buffalo Bills, and psychiatry comes into play with Zay Jones, um, the man that we saw on TMZ nude and um, looking to save Jesus and jump off a building from the 30th floor. Um, Zay Jones is expected to be the wide receiver opposite Calvin Benjamin uh, for new quarterback A.J. McCarron. And I think uh, this offense is in flux. And I don't understand all the love A.J. McCarron gets, first of all, because he's done nothing. And now uh, Zay Jones did nothing, and um, he's looking for Jesus. But isn't that why McCarron gets love? Because he's done nothing, which means he's done nothing wrong right we haven't seen him play poorly yet once he does play poorly then we'll hate him you know like everybody else uh, i think though if we can play the word association with buffalo what comes to mind is not done and what i mean by that is i don't think they're done moving up in the draft you know what are they at 12 now i think they want to keep moving up here yes. i think they want to get their quarterback of the future i'm not so sure they believe mccarran's it but at 12 they're probably not going to be able to do it so i wonder you know indianapolis comes to mind at six you know, would they take Buffalo's 12? Remember, Buffalo's number, number one uh, first-round pick, 22, 12, 22, and maybe something else to move to get that sixth? You know, I wanted that to be uh, in play here. That that, that would be interesting. I, I agree with you. I think Arizona tries to uh, to move up. They're one of the people that have been, uh, been talked about, Baker Mayfield, and uh, we could see some situation there. Yeah, I listen. I, I they they're desperate for a quarterback. You know, McCarron. I think is someone. Well, nothing to lose. That's what I think. That's what they think. They nothing to lose. We'll see what we got here. Maybe we catch lightning in a bottle. But the fact that they moved up to twelve, that's not enough. You know, I just don't think they're done. They're going to keep moving. 
And then, of course, we've got none other than the Miami Dolphins. First thing that comes to my mind is, man, why don't they love Frank Gore? People don't love him. He's Frank Gore was signed. He'll be in the backfield with Kenyon Drake. Where where do you think Kenyon Drake goes in drafts next year? I think he's a running back too, and probably a mid-range running back too at that. So I'm not dying I'd to be get happy him. With my running back too. I don't think he lasts that long because I think I think people notice that there aren't a ton of running backs. I, I would love him as a two. My worry is this: all right, you got rid of Landry. Pouncey's no longer there. I mean, the offensive line may not be as good. And without Landry, they may be playing the run a little bit more. Can you go? Can you keep moving the ball? Can you keep having possession to move the ball? I'm, I'm worried about this offense. I don't like Tannehill. I'm not a big believer there either here. I think this team is uh, you know, one step short of a dumpster fire. That's some fair points. And especially if you're looking at the situation, if Frank Gore does get some work, right? You get a bad offense, sharing a little time with Frank Gore. Um, yeah, I can see your concerns uh, there with the Miami squish, the fish, the Miami Dolphins. I talked about this Albert Wilson. I think that's a good signing for them is that I don't know if you can believe in these next gen stats and stuff they have out there. So what the next gen stats does is they, they put these, um, sensors on the, uh, on the shoulder pads of all the players and they come up with all like the fastest running during the game and things like that. Albert Wilson was the number one player in separation in national football league last year. So I wonder if the dolphins could stumble into something with Albert Wilson. I mean, we can't sort of grade them on what happens in uh, KC because once it, they don't throw the ball deep a lot. And when they do, we know it's not going to Albert Wilson. So maybe there's something there, different kind of offense here. But we've seen in the past that Tannehill's not going to throw him a deep ball either. That was the problem with uh, Mike Wallace, right? He, Wallace was open. You watch the film. Wallace is there, but Tannehill can't get him the ball. So I don't know if I trust Tannehill anymore than I trusted Alex Smith. And if I had to choose between the two, I'd still rather have Smith. So uh, I don't know. I mean, fantasy-wise – a reserve guy, you want to take a shot of a dartboard throw late to see what happens here. But where is he on that depth chart, Tony? I mean, you're still looking at – I mean, you look at the Miami. They got signed Danny Amendola. They still got Kenny Stills there. I mean, was he third, fourth? I mean, I'm not seeing it. No. I'll tell you what's interesting is that if Danny Amendola doesn't throw deep, he has two receivers that go deep, Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills. Yeah, uh, he does. I mean, uh, and Stills, I think, is a guy where Tannehill still may has more trust in. Maybe you got to develop some more chemistry between him and Wilson. You know, Devontae Parker is also going to be the main guy there, I would assume. So uh, I just don't like – I don't like this offense, bottom line is. I don't like the offensive line. Not thrilled about the receiving core. They don't have a tight end. I mean, so I, I, think, this, I think this team is a complete mess. The New England Patriots up next. And, of course, they signed Jeremy Hill – to add to our back uh, running back confusion, of course, the Deion Lewis is gone from the Patriots. The Patriots have had a quiet offseason, except for they're losing. But one interesting thing to me is they brought in Corderell Patterson. People don't remember, Patterson was supposed to be a guy that came into this league and was going to be a stud. Like, people loved him. But I was like, man, he can't run a pass route. And that was one of the, one of the knocks on him. So this could go two ways to me on Patterson. Is one, he doesn't make the roster, he, or he makes it and ends up like Ocho Cinco, who couldn't learn the playbook back then, and yet is there. Or they struck gold, and they got a guy that couldn't deliver, and now with the Patriots, he'll deliver. 
Yeah, well, we've seen Belichick do this before, right? Take, uh, you know, trash yeah. the treasure in a hurry here. I wonder if he's just going to be more of a uh, special teams guy, big play every now and then. Listen, man, you got Brandon Cooks, Hogan, Edelman, Gronkowski. I mean, where does he fit here? I mean, those guys got to get the ball ahead of him, don't they, here? So, uh, I mean, when I think of the guy, Patriots. One other, one other guy we're forgetting is Malcolm Mitchell will be back this year. Right, Mitch will be back, a sort of a Super Bowl hero from two years ago against Atlanta. When I think of the Patriots, I think of uh, you know, Belichick once again, wanting to prove that he can get it done. You know, that offensive line, which wasn't all that great last year, you lost your left tackle now, that's going to be an issue. Malcolm Butler, whatever happened in the Super Bowl there, you lost him. You know, a defense now an issue, but, you know, I think the – I don't know. I have. Uh, I want to say I'm worried about the Patriots, but I think I've. I, I know I've thought that before, and they they they, they find a way. And I'm and I'm not so sure that def- that division has gotten any better to challenge them anyway. No, no. I, like that's when people talk to me. Like I talk to people all the time, and they go, well, "What do you think about the Patriots?" I said, "You know, they got a buy. They're the only team with a buy into the playoffs." And <laughs> they're like, well, "What do you mean?" I said, "There's not another 500 team in that division." And that definitely comes into play. And then you get to the, to the playoffs and you think, oh, the only team that could possibly beat them is the Steelers. And somehow the Steelers can never beat them. I mean, well, you said it's all about the division. I mean, right now it's Tom Brady versus McCarron. Ooh, I'm sure that's real scary for him. Tannehill, I don't think he's more scary than anybody. And whoever the Jets decide to go draft at number three, you know, or, or maybe they keep up with Josh McCown. I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league, and nobody in the AFC East has one besides the Patriots. What's your thoughts on Jeremy Hill? You got anything left in the tank? Will he be the uh, uh, the Patriots' latest version of Corey Dillon? He better not have anything left in the tank. I released him in our uh, Dynasty League last year. I'll be ticked off he does something for New England. Uh, but you said it in the, your opening on New England. And he's another running back there in that mess. You know, Burkhead, White, Gillisley, Hill, and Bolin's still there too. Do I think he'll have some games? Probably. Everybody does. Is he somebody I'm going to draft? No. New York Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Of course, the big trades there, uh, but a big offseason acquisition, Isaiah Crowell. Do you think Isaiah Crowell is going to be a guy um, that will improve playing for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Do I think he'll improve? No, he's not the greatest offensive line. I think he's an okay average running back there. You know, Bilal Powell's going to play some. I actually think as far as, you know, the Jets have plenty of cap room. So fine, you want to spend the money, spend the money. But I think the running game would have been fine with Powell and Maguire. I think they have other issues there. Crowell is probably a low-end RB2 here, but this is another team that's going to be a mess at running back. I imagine Crowell, Powell, Maguire. First thing that comes to mind when I think the Jets, though, is that trade. You, They had better hope that there are three franchise quarterbacks in this draft or that the other two teams don't pick the guy they want. The Jets, they do some some interesting things because they are the New York football Jets. Moving over the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens. I'll tell you what, for me, it's the Joe Flacco situation, man. He's a guy that I think is so hurt that he just doesn't even try to throw the ball down the field anymore. Like, those numbers on passing attempts are horrible. And I kind of think that we don't have the same Joe Flacco. He made his, really, he made his career off one game, one season. 
you know, one good magical season, he got paid. Good for him. Other than that, he's been extremely average, below average. I mean, he's nothing. I mean, he's a guy. It's strange. I know he's been hurt, and maybe that is the issue there. But it's not his arm was. He got knee that got hurt. So you think he should? He wouldn't have any throwing problems here. Uh, they haven't really given him the weapons outside of Steve Smith, who even him, he was at the end of his career. They haven't given him the weapons to get the ball to anybody. And just like whenever they do have somebody, they, that person gets hurt. So in some ways, I guess I feel for Joe Flacco. I don't think Michael Crabtree's the answer here. You know, I don't think they really have a tight end here. The running game, Collins and Allen, uh, it's okay. Yeah, what about no Collins, play- though? Collins was, Collins was great when he got an opportunity to play. Now, the weird thing with Collins is that they took him out on the goal line. They would put Dixon in because he did have some fumbling problems uh, before. Uh, but he started to catch the ball out of backfield a little. Like, Collins is a guy that I think is going to be very intriguing on draft day. He will be. Uh, but what, the problem is, and uh, he, when you mentioned the fumbling at the goal line, that was the first half. The second half, they, they sort of started giving the ball then because he got past those problems. So I think that's important on draft day because if, if he wasn't getting touchdowns, I wouldn't be drafting him at all. But he's a player, Tony, that I worry about. If he gets up to a slow start, you know, all of a sudden it's Javarius Allen. You know, and, and that's an issue for me because I don't think he's, you know, a number one lock where he's definitely going to be a starter for there. And what's going to happen with Kenneth Dixon? I mean, he's back off suspension now. Will he be in this mix, too, to add more of a quagmire? Bottom bottom line is, I'm, uh, I mean, I think you're going to have to draft him as a running back, too, but I don't want to, so odds are I'm not going to have him. Alex Collins uh, credits his success uh, to taking up Irish dancing last year, and um, he thinks the Irish dancing actually helped him out uh, with his football career. <laughs> Oh, hey, whatever you think, that's fine. I find that hard to believe, and it gives you quick feet. I don't know. Maybe you're, you're corned beef and uh, cabbage, or you're happy. I, I don't What can I tell you? I'm Irish, and I have no idea how that would help you play football. He's uh, He's got it down, Irish dancing. I think he led the league in the odds per carry. I've got that tune going through my head now. Thanks. Thank you so much for that, Tony. You know what the, the greatest tune is? Come on, Eileen. Remember that song? Uh, of course. I, I actually like but, it, but uh, I'll have to bite why. No, I just think that's like it's it's, it's Irish type of music for me. I think that. Come on, by the Dixie Midnight <laughs> Runners. Remember that? Okay. I do. Well, one-hit wonders. I wouldn't say I remember them, though, but they were a, a one-hit wonder. No. It's a good yeah. tune. I have it they on were. my records. Come I thought maybe on, you knew somebody. It's No, the worst situation is when you hear a song like that is you never can stop singing it for the day. Oh, of course. It's it's stuck in your head forever. You know, I still have have that Irish jig going through my head. What's that that famous Irish? I don't know. I can't think of his name either. Benji? Good. Benji and the Jets? And there was Benny and the Jets. It is. I'm thinking of the dog remake movie would be great with Benji and the Jets. Remember Benji, the little dog? I do remember Benji. I think I watched a couple of those movies. Wasn't it one of those movies? He was a uh, he was like mechanical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Super Benji, like Super the six million dollar yeah. man, except Benji. Were you a six million dollar man fan? 
I was, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like Bionic Woman as much. Uh, I guess maybe got overplayed by them, but I was a six million dollar fan, six million dollar man fan. Yeah, Lee Majors. I still love Lee Majors to this day. Yeah, Lee, Fall Guy. He's still alive. Oh yeah, the Fall Guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is he still alive? I, I think he's still alive. I'm looking it up right now, but I believe he is still alive. I think he does uh, more, more voice he's acting mad. than anything else now. He was married to Farrah Fawcett, and she died. Yeah, that was kind of sad. That's that's isn't that scary when you think about it? Uh, people who were uh, you know pinup models when we were younger, dead. Yeah, that's not good. We want to keep them all alive forever and beautiful. Lee is still alive with Botox, with Botox and enhancements. You listen to Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When we come back, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Just because we're talking about the Bengals doesn't mean you have to shut off the show. Stay tuned for more right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Tony Sicardi. Alongside me today is my man, George Kurtz, a man who's absolutely getting it done. George, the Cincinnati Bengals are not a team that's notoriously got it done, and they've been somewhat of a disappointment in life. Um, When you look at this roster, all the rage in the preseason last year was Joe Mixon. Uh, people going back to the Joe Mixon bandwagon. Well, yeah, I mean, it was strange, right? The first six, eight games, Marvin Lewis just wouldn't give him the ball. And Jeremy Hill was the starter there at one point. Was he punishing Mixon? Was Mixon not in shape? Whatever it might be. This uh, team seems to keep going back to the well. They bring back Eifert. You know, I wonder if they kept the wrong quarterback and keeping Dalton. Maybe McCarron should be given a shot there. Uh, I don't expect big things from them this year. As far as Mixon's concerned, I think he's a high-end running back, too. So he is somebody I'd, uh, I'm interested in. I will uh, draft. I'd like him a lot more if that offensive line was better. Yeah, I think we both uh, are on the same page there that uh, the offensive line has been a problem for uh, years and they haven't addressed so a lot is going to come down, I think, to the draft on where we go uh, there and what they end up doing. Yeah, because they need help there. If you watched the games last year, I mean, Mixon was getting hit or whoever was uh, running the ball that was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. Bernard had a nice year, especially in the uh, uh, in the second half. That he was putting up some nice numbers there. But Mixon's the guy you want. He is the man we want, and we all want it, and we all want it right now, right? That's how we want it. Sounds like Queen. I want it all, and I want it now. 
I like Queen back in the day. They used to One be very One of my favorite good. bands. Well, you know, Freddie Murphy died 20 years ago. Yeah, Queen's definitely one of I'd say top five for me. Uh, that's, that's a lot. My 11-year-old is obsessed Queen? with them. What, what was your favorite Queen song? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, I want it all and I want it now. Breakthrough. Uh, is a Latino like. I mean, it's funny, Tony. Whenever you call me, the my my phone ring for you is Radio Gaga. Oh, there you go, there you go. A little Queen nostalgia here. Uh, what about when Scott Engel calls you? Uh, what do I play? I think I uh, play the Monday Night Football theme song for him. Oh, uh, he's gonna be mad if you don't give him some Kiss intro music. Yeah, you know, you're right. Oh, he probably would be mad. I do like, I, I like Kiss, but they're not. Uh, I'm nowhere near the fan he is. He's psychotic. <laughs> like Gene Simmons. That's putting it mildly. He called the King psychotic. I love that. The King is psychotic. As we get everybody a little fired up for a little football, the Cleveland Browns. Man, Carlos Hyde comes over. They have Duke Johnson. This is a. This is a little different to me because, to me, they're the same type of back. They both can catch the ball very well. They run in space here. Um, very, very interesting to see what they will do with Duke Johnson. Tyrod Taylor, of course, there to be the quarterback. First of all, so what, do you, what are your expectations of Carlos Hyde? I like Hyde. Hyde's always been productive as long as he stays on the field. All right? So uh, he'll, once again... I can't put him as a RB1. He'll be another high-end RB2 guy. I don't mind having him as my second running back there. Even though Duke Johnson, you mentioned, they are similar backs there here. But I think Hyde is your number one back for Cleveland. I kind of like this offense. Josh Gordon, full offseason, should be better so he can stay out of trouble. Corey Coleman, I haven't given up on him. Now you got Landry playing in the slot, Najoku at tight end. This offense, assuming Tyrod Taylor, who I do believe will be the quarterback, hell, Hugh Jackson said there'll be no competition. Why would you say that? Uh, I, don't, I, I guess it is Taylor. Assuming Taylor can be average, I think this offense will move the ball here. So I kind of like all these guys to some degree, at least more than I ha ever have in the past. So uh, I like Hyde. Low-end uh, low uh, running back, too, in that 12 to 15 range. Carlos Hyde there. Now, Tyrod Taylor is one of those guys. If you went – if you don't go last year, if you go the year two years prior to that, Tyrod Taylor was the seventh-best quarterback fantasy-wise. What do you think he does in Cleveland? That's a good question. Let's we have to take Hugh Jackson at his word. Okay, let's say he's telling the truth. There will be no competition, so you're not worried about that. He plays. He'll have a full off season. He's got something to prove, right? Because he needs to play well to get a, get a contract to keep going there, even if it may not be with Cleveland. Because if Cleveland does take a quarterback number one, you got to figure that quarterback is starting next year, maybe even this year. If Cleveland, uh, I don't think they're going to go winless, but if they, you know, whatever, four and eight, you go to that quarterback. So I mean, once again, a one quarterback league, Tony. I'm not going to have interest in Taylor. Uh, Superflex League, two quarterback league. I will. I think he'll be maybe freer with there. He has more. He has much better skill position players outside of the running back. The only thing he had in Buffalo was LaShawn McCoy. That was it. I think he's got better players across the board here, outside of running back. And even the running back situation is far from poor. No, no. I think it's going to be a, a very fun team this year. But you know, a lot of people. It's funny because we expect the. Las Vegas win total to be four, four and a half, maybe five wins. And like everybody wants to go over, like everybody's so pumped up about Cleveland. I'm like, 
their number one issue that they had last year is still there, and that's um, they still have the coach that's one in thirty-one. You know, don't we all wish we could keep our job after doing that? Really, he's won that's one crazy, more game right? and you. you He's won one more game than you and I have, and he has a job. I mean, uh, how do you sell that to your fan base? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It drives me crazy. I wish I had that kind of job security, but uh, I think he's going to reap the benefit here because I do think they're I think they're an up and coming team. I think they will be better. Uh, I would probably give them. I mean, when I was thinking oh, over on the for wins, I was thinking five, you know, but I don't know their schedule of fans. So I can't go through the games yet. And the schedule won't be announced out for another month or so. So, uh, but they're an improved team. Like I said, you, you look at all the positions, Tyrod Taylor, he's at least league average quarterback, running backs are above average receivers. Really? It could be very, very good. They got one of the best, I think one of the best receiving cores in the game, assuming Josh Gordon stays out of trouble. The Joku up and coming tight end. It's the defense that I'm more worried about here. I think the defense could be all right. I think the defense is okay. My question is Josh Gordon, is Josh Gordon a first round pick? I'm not taking him in the first round. He may he very well may be, but I would probably need a better quarterback. Because they tell a lot of Tyrod Taylor's fantasy value is with his legs. So I'm not so sure if he's going to be able to get the ball to Gordon on a regular basis. Yeah, we haven't seen Taylor wasn't able to do that with Sammy Watkins at times, yes, but not consistently. So uh, I can't take him in the first round. I don't think I'll take him as a wide receiver one. He's the kind of guy, Tony, where if if I was doing an auction, I'd throw him out there. Let let other people bid on him and take away their money. Oh, yeah, you're rough, man. I, I just I can't do it. If, if someone wants to draft as a wide receiver one, never mind. There's a lot of wide receivers out there. You know, I think that the I think the talent is incredible. You know, it's not that. It's the fact I just don't trust him. I don't trust Tyrod Taylor getting him the ball. And Brown, Hopkins, Beckham, Julio Jones, Thomas, AJ Green. These are guy Mike Evans. I would take above him over the top of my head. You know, then he's sort of in that mix with all the other guys like uh, you know Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, uh, maybe T Y Hilton. Baldwin, Cooks, he's in that mix there. So uh, I'm not taking him as a wide receiver one, no. I think he's a very good wide receiver two. Be much happier there. There he is. He's our guy. He's George Kurtz telling you how to get it done. And you want to get it done, you listen to Fantasy Football Frenzy. Uh, You get this all season long for all you people out there that are loving your fantasy football. And last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have a change in offensive coordinators this year. And uh, nobody's talking about that. Le'Veon Bell, uh, of course, back franchise. He says he's going to show up at ready for week one. But he's not participating in training camp. And then I guess we have the battle between Juju Smith-Schuster and Martavis Bryant. Yeah, I would think so. Let me ask a question about Le'Veon Bell. You mentioned it. I don't think he's showing up till the Tuesday before week one or the Monday, whatever day he has to show up. that make you shy away from him a little bit? Um, you know what? There's a lot of red flags besides just that, right? First of all, you, you, you got a guy that got a lot of his points and a lot of his uh, uh, love from basically um, catching the ball out of the backfield. And when you have a change in the offensive quarter, now, now it's a guy that's been there before, but everybody puts their own little stamp on things. You got to be a little concerned about that. So I think there's a lot of red flags, and I would probably not want 
the first pick. And I think that Antonio Brown would actually be a safer pick. I agree. Assuming we're playing in a PPR league, I'd probably go Brown over Bell. I would go Gurley over Bell. I think the problem is, you know, if you got that third pick, are you going to go Ezekiel Elliott over Bell? David uh, Johnson? Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I'd go Ezekiel Elliott. David Johnson's interesting to me because you're going to have a new coach in there, right, in a new scheme. And if you follow the NFL, you have to realize that the Arizona Cardinals were a good team until they lost David Johnson, and it all went downhill, right? He'll say, well, that's good, Tony. That means, you know, they're getting on the ball. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. What it means to me or at least I think about it is if I'm the Cardinals, maybe David Johnson shouldn't run the ball every down because when he gets hurt, I can't play without him. Well, you're right. The problem is this. You don't have a quarter. You know, Bradford's an average quarterback. You don't have a receiving core that can going to do a lot of damage. They have no choice. If they want to win games. They have to give the ball to Johnson. There's, there's not much else there. I mean, the cupboard is kind of bare. There's not much there. Um, right now, but maybe they bring in. I mean, we've seen running backs in this league that you don't have to draft in the first round that they can make an impact, and maybe they bring someone in to pair with David Johnson. I would think they would. I think it'd be silly if they don't, because uh, even though I think they have to give the ball to Johnson almost as much as possible, you you got to make sure you don't overuse them, or else you will kill them. And right now, what are they got? DJ Forces on the roster, Elijah Penny. These guys aren't the answer. That's very sad when you think about DJ Penny not being the answer. Yeah, uh, especially when you got, got Elijah Penny. Uh, Penny's worth. I mean, come on. Elijah I mean, <laughs> do I remember Elijah Penny? No. Should I? <laughs> no. That's why I was wondering if you remembered him. <laughs> Whatever nope. happened to a penny for your thoughts? Inflation. <laughs> Is that what happened? We had a penny for your thoughts, and inflation took it out. Inflation took it out, man. It's no longer a penny for your thoughts. We can't afford to think now. The world is a tough place. That's putting it nicely. Uh, and you're in there in nice sunny Florida, man. Come up here in New York. We got to deal with the, all the crap up here. And it's snowing. Got a foot of snow yesterday. And it's baseball season in a week. Ah, weird. I yeah. I asked Mike Cardano this morning if the uh, if the snow would be gone for baseball season. And he said, yeah. Do you feel as confident as Mike Cardano? Right. But, uh, I mean, I, I checked the weather report. You know, it's not getting out of the 40s in New York. I don't, the Yankees are open up in Toronto. I don't know where the Mets open up, but if it's in uh, City Field, I ain't going. You're not, you're not going to go to the game? It's cold, man. Yeah, It's funny. Going to a football game in the cold is not a big deal. Going to a baseball game in the I cold, know. even though it's probably warmer, you feel like you're going to die. Because you're just not prepared for it. But football, you're prepared. You know it's supposed to be cold. It's it's a war. It should be cold. I went to an April baseball game at Yankee Stadium once, and I would have paid fifty dollars for a cup of hot chocolate because I was I thought I was going to die. Fifty dollars to make you holler? Well, that would have I would have made me uh, not not as cold, sure, and probably better than the hot chocolate. Remember when we used to get paid to do the wild thing? 
I do remember that. Another good little tune there. One of the few, uh, who is that? Uh, Tone, young MC? Tone Loke, right? Tone Loke. I Tone Loke. Tone Loke. I think it is Tone Loke. I think you're right. Young MC too. Huh? That was, that's a good little tune that's, there. Except for, except for the part where he goes with a man. He goes with a man? Remember Sheila was a man? Oh, yeah, I guess. That's like um, walking on the wild side. It was about, about a guy making that's love the, to a uh, man. That's the ultimate, ultimate horror show. Yeah, you think you, you think you got victory. Things are going well. You reach down. You got a tree trunk. That's when it's just you know oh, weird. You know what's weird about that is the guys that feel the need to tell you that oh, I, you won't believe what happened to me. <laughs> I, I met this girl and I took her home, and it wasn't a girl; it was a dude. Like that's probably something you want to keep to yourself. Right, guys won't tell if they go see a shrink, which we talked about earlier. They won't say anything about that. But you end up dating another guy by accident. You'll let that spill. Why? Why? I wouldn't tell you that in a million years. See, that's what I don't get. Is I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense that someone's out there talking about the dude um, that they mistakenly met. You know that happens more often nowadays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it happens a lot. I think that uh, you got to be careful. What's the other day. person? You know, uh, you're dressing up as a girl, you know, whatever. You, you look like a girl, blah, blah, blah. What are you thinking when it gets to that point? That they're going to be okay when, hey, you have plumbing, outdoor plumbing. <laughs> that they, oh, well, you know what? I've been drinking. Oh, it's okay. No problem. I mean, what are you thinking? It's, it's just going to be okay? I'll never understand that logic either. <laughs> Floria, what do you do in this situation when you uh, come home by accident with a man? That has never in my life happened to me. <laughs> has it happened to any of your friends? Not that I know of. I don't think they would tell me, though, if it did. Right, yeah. That's. Don't you agree that's something you should keep to yourself? Probably, yes. Yeah, keep that to yourself, people. We're helping you in fantasy football. We're helping you in life. We'll come back with more on a fantasy football frenzy. Stay tuned. George Kirst, Tony Cicada on the frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis. Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. He is George Kurtz. I am Tony Cicada. Mike Florio is a man that knows no stick. He's a good man. 
He knows his football, well, though. Apparently he's never you know, had a yeah, he knows his football, so that's all good right there. We talked about two of the AFC divisions. Now we need to go out to the West Coast. Is the West Coast the best coast? Are these the answers you're going to find out? I'll tell you right now. It's going to be one of those things that you say, hey, Tony, I look at this team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they bring in all this talent with Sammy Watkins. And they bring in a rookie quarterback. He's not a rookie, but a second-year quarterback in his first year as a starter. And I'm told you, I'm not, uh, I'm not fired up about this, Scott. I'm not fired about this offense. How do you feel about it? No, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I think you have to expect some regression. I know they love Mahomes, and I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. But he's going to have ups and downs in his first year there. I think there will be some problems. I don't know if I care about Watkins at all, Tony. Isn't he the same exact receiver as Hill? I mean, you still don't have anybody really across the middle other than Kelsey. You know, Kelsey's an all-world tight end. It's an interesting offense. I think they'll, you know, it's a good team. But uh, I'm not so sure they're a better team than last season. No, and, and I totally agree with that. And that's the part that's a little baffling to me. Is you bring in two guys that get like to get deep and can make things play, and then you have a quarterback that likes to run outside the pocket. Uh, but uh, it's going to be real interesting. What are you, what are your feelings on Kareem Hunt? He's a running back one. That's where he'll be drafted. Uh, I I'm sort of leaning on somebody maybe I don't want. You know, another play where I'd be happy if somebody else took him, but he's certainly going to be in my top eight probably. Uh, the only running backs who I know I'll take above him: Gurley, Bell, Elliott, Johnson. Kamara, and I think after that, that's probably where he goes. I'd probably take Fournette above him. You know, Barkley will depend on where he ends up, but I don't think I'll take him above Hunt. So I think Hunt's right around that seven range for me uh, as far as running backs concerned. Good back. I think they will use him maybe more than they did last season. They sort of forgot about him at times, including in the playoff loss there. Hopefully Andy Reid learns from his mistakes. Uh, do you think Andy Reid's a good learner? No, because he does seem to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Yeah, why does he do that? I just think some coaches think it's, you know, I know what I'm doing. I got us this far doing it this way. We're doing it my way or the highway. That that sort of thing. Like this. Not that I think he's a dictatorship or anything like that, but I think he's so stuck in his ways that he just really believes his way will work. I don't think it's really any excuse for how he forgot about Hunt at times last season. Then we have the Denver Broncos, Case Keenum taking the helm there. What's your thoughts when you look at Case Keenum and now with the two great uh, wide receiver threats he has in Denver? He had two good ones in Minnesota. Um, what do you think's happening here? I mean, it's interesting. It seems like Denver, that's who they were targeting. Though. Even though Von Miller and all those guys, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, wanted Kirk Cousins, that uh, John Elway, though, wanted uh, Case Keenum. But they only gave him a two-year contract. You know, so it's not like they were breaking the bank to bring him in here. They they have their doubts as well here. I think he's uh I don't think he's gonna get it done. No. The offensive line is iffy at best. Who knows what the running game with CJ Anderson. I don't think that's all that great there. The receivings, you imagine they're well, just as good as what Minnesota had. Yeah. A lot of people look at them going to Devontae Booker. Um, what are your thoughts on Booker having an opportunity to uh, keep take that job and, and run with it this season? I think he's a jag. 
just another guy, no, nothing special there. I wonder if they'll draft somebody, you know, once again to fight and you know, maybe draft somebody in the third round or so to fight for that job. They'll give him a little bit more pizzazz. I don't think it matters who has that job right now. I just think they're average running backs and not someone other than an RB3 in fantasy, you know, a top 25, top 30 back, fine, but not someone I want starting on a week-in and week-out basis. And then you have the Los Angeles Chargers, and of course this will be interesting. Uh, at wide receiver, you got Keenan Allen, uh, but Mike Williams is the guy that people have been waiting for. And um, opposite Keenan Allen, what's your thoughts? Are people going to jump all over him again this year? I mean, it's sort of a mess there. You got Tyrell Williams there as well. Mike Williams, you mentioned he was the the rookie last year who was. Pretty, it was a disaster last year. He was hurt coming in, then got hurt again. Didn't really do much. So now, is this really his rookie season as far as what, he's, what kind of damage he's going to do? That's going to worry me an awful lot. That uh, you know, you're sort of paying for next year, not this year. Where he, uh, next year will be his breakout, not this season. They're going to run the ball. We you know Gordon Eckler. They'll bring in somebody else there to run the ball. Hunter Henry, I think, finally will have a full-time job here, and he'll be that guy. So even if Mike Williams does, he, I don't think he's any better than fourth on the depth chart there behind Allen behind Henry, behind Gordon, and then Mike Williams. So, you know, I think he'll win you some weeks, some big plays, big games, but not be very consistent. What about all the targets that Keenan Allen gets? Can he stay healthy getting as many targets as he gets, and will they continue to keep firing him the ball? Well, I mean, Philip Rivers doesn't have that many years left. So, yeah, I think he's going to keep firing on the ball. He's going to do whatever it takes for him to win. He mentioned he had 159 targets last year, which is amazing when you think about it. But he also stayed healthy for the first time in his career. Yeah, and a lot of them didn't happen early in the season. Like, he was getting 20 targets a game in some of those games. It was crazy. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. He was the, the main focus, but he was, as you like to say, he was getting the job done. He was catching the pass, making the plays. You know, so good, good for them. Uh, I got to tell you, if I'm Philip Rivers, I'm going to keep throwing on the ball. But I do think now that Gates probably not come, not going to be there, and that Hunter Henry will be the number one guy, that'll alleviate some of those targets. Not a whole lot, but some of them. And Mike Williams will have to be targeted some as well. And if he is the player they think he is, you know, how long until he becomes the number two? Yeah, well, that's my second question. Uh, who do you draft earlier, Mike Williams or Terrell Williams? Uh, you know, I'm a conservative drafter, but this is one situation where I'd probably gamble and go Mike. Because Terrell Williams, even though I'm conservative, eh, there's nothing there. There's really very little upside there. You know, uh, what am I hoping for? You know, uh, a team to catch more touchdowns. That's really what it is. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to catch more passes or get more yardage. You'll be in the end zone more. Mike Williams has the more upside here. I think I would go Mike. Mike Williams, it is for George Kurtz. I agree with you. I think I would go the same as well. When you go over to the NFC, and of course the NFC East, or is it the least? They got the champion. Philadelphia Eagles and Nikki Foles. They took a wide receiver and they let go um, of the, one of their wide receivers. They lose uh, their backup tight end, but they bring back Jay Ajayi and a full season in Philadelphia. Where does he go in a draft? Wasn't it? The, it was. It might have been the strangest thing last year. They traded for him. Now, granted, it was sort of a giveaway trade. It was a fourth round pick. They didn't have to pay much, but they didn't use him all yeah. that much. 
You know, it was just strange. Wow. You know, the first couple of games, you're like, okay, he's getting acclimated to the offense. They want to take it easy. Or, you know, they knew they were going to win the division. They want to make sure it's healthy going into the playoffs. But things didn't really change there. And, you know, Corey Clement was – he had some nice games, including the Super Bowl here. Uh, running back two, and I think he's a low-end RB2 for me because I'm not going to be sure about what they're going to do here. I think this is well, a team that is a passing team. They want to throw the football. I might be worried somewhat that Wentz is out until October. And that full starts there, but I don't know if that's a huge worry for me. But as far as the running game, a lot of cooks in the once another team, a lot of cooks in the uh, kitchen there. Ajayi is the number one guy, but I wonder if Cl- uh, Clement actually gives you more bang for your buck in the draft. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. I that's wish. I'm hungry. I don't know, Scott. I, I don't, Scott would I don't know, Scotty. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like uh, lots of cooks in the kitchen. Scott, Mr. Angle is uh, so against cliches. You know, it's uh, – I think I told you before, I, I did a show with him once, and that's all I would do is every cliche I could think of, I started to say, even if I didn't put it, they made sense or not, just to see if I could see him melt. <laughs> the King, Scotty Angle. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys situation, of course, their whole offseason is, can they get another wide receiver opposite Des Bryant? And uh, they haven't done really anything in the offseason. No, no. They signed Deontay Thompson. Yay. You know, that's not going to do much. The Cowboys need speed. Uh, I mean, in my mind, their best receiver, they're letting go. And that's Bryce Butler. I think he's much better than Terrence Williams. And he made more big plays than Tez last year. Uh, Dallas, the Cowboys need speed. I mean, they're uh, – Des Bryant, the injuries, he was a, a burner anyway, but the injuries have taken away whatever speed he did have. Jason Witten, he's a Hall of Famer, but he has, I mean, he, he has no speed left whatsoever. I don't know how he gets open, Tony, personally, but they have no speed anywhere other than Ezekiel Elliott. You know, and this offense is, now that he's not, obviously he'll play the full season, won't be suspended. This is all about Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. If Des does stay, if Dallas doesn't release him, Dallas doesn't ask him to take a pay cut and all this other garbage, Dak had better get some kind of chemistry with Des. Yeah, that's a that's a weird situation. Um, uh, how poor uh, Prescott played uh, at the end of the year when they need him with Ezekiel Elliott, and you kind of wonder: Is uh, Dak Prescott the same guy we thought he was? I mean, I think you have to figure out why. Why wasn't he the same quarterback? We understand when Elliott was out, but you're right. Even when Elliott returned, he didn't get much better. You know, so why? No, is it I because mean, of Dak? He was. Or what, did he just play? Like, did everything go right his rookie year? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting – I don't want Dak in the fantasy league. Certainly not in a one-quarterback league. Two-quarterback league, I'll take my chances. But uh, I think one thing that Dak's got to learn – and this, I think this is going to be tough for a younger quarterback, Tony. And I think Tony Romo understood this. You know, Dez can – he's very physical. He can out-jump people. Even if he's covered, just throw it up in the air. Sometimes you got to take some chances there. Dak doesn't seem to do that. And younger quarterbacks, I don't think he has that same kind of trust. I also don't think he has that same kind of touch that Romo had. Dak has a stronger arm, wants to zip it in there. And when he looks at Dez, he's not open. And he's right, he's not. But sometimes if it's one-on-one coverage, you still got to put the ball up in the air to Dez. Remember the days when Olivia Note and John wanted to get physical? She would go, let's get physical, physical. And she'd be wearing her gym outfit. What were they? What we called knee highs back in the day? Was that what they were? Then the leggings. <laughs> yeah, now it's yoga pants is the rage. Listen, yoga pants are fantastic. 
Not that I wear them, but I'll have no problem <laughs> wearing yoga pants in the gym. They are – boy, do they make the workout go much quicker. That's it. They, uh, it's interesting, the, the yoga pants. Um, um, I wonder if Santa Claus, the, Santa, the mall Santa Claus, if he enjoys the women with uh, yoga pants getting um, their Christmas wishes and pictures. Uh, I'm pretty sure he does. So the mall Santa Claus, that may not be a terrible job at times. At times, except when a kid with a sticky candy cane jumps all over you and wants to pull your beard. Forget that. How about the kid who peed in his pants or pooped in his pants, man? That's, that's the kid I don't want near me. Oh. Hey, you think you ever get peed on? The Santa Claus gets peed on a couple times? He has to. I'm he sure, has huh? to. Come on. The Washington Redskins bringing Alex Smith, the wide receivers, Jamison Crowder, Josh Doxson. Is this guy going to finally do it? And they bring in Paul Richardson, of course, from free agency. But I think the whole key is Josh Doxson. Can he play football consistently and do something? Here's your question, Tony. (laughs) I think he can. I just don't know if Alex Smith is the right quarterback for him. Because once again, he got to get him the ball down the field. I think Crowder could be the guy who has a big season because more of an underneath guy. You know, Richardson's another deep uh, ball here. Jordan, what about Jordan Reed? And what are we doing with this guy? Is he, is he even draftable? He's not a tight end one for me. He can't stay healthy to save his life, but he's still there. And as long as he's still there, he's going to be a problem for fantasy owners week in and week out. The only, re- the only league Jordan Reed's draftable is if you do those – leagues where you do the best ball and you get like 30 rounds or 50 rounds you you're going to get to a point where you could pick him as your backup tight end but it sort of defeats the purpose too because you you're going to lose a roster spot for most of the right. year probably based on how many games he's played but i think i'd get to a point where i would take a shot in that type of environment but nowhere else because in most leagues i don't pick a backup tight end same here and if you if you take jordan reed you're almost forced to take Vernon Davis or another tight end. Yeah. Almost forced to because you know yeah. it's going to be questionable, going to be doubtful, yeah, and come 12-5 on Sundays, I'm benching him. Yeah, now I get two spots allocated to a tight end. Yeah, unless you're playing in a deep league with double-digit bench spots, most of us play what five is the normal here. I'm not going Jordan Reed. And then the Giants offseason, Jonathan Stewart, I don't understand what the hell that's all about. I have no idea. I mean, Gettleman knew him from Carolina. I guess there was a relationship there, but he is not the answer. Shocked when I, as, as a Cowboy fan, I love that Stewart's with the Giants. <laughs> You're cheering their offseason moves. Like I can't stand it when, when, uh, like GMs make a move that every fantasy owner knows is terrible. It, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you still don't have a running game there. I didn't like the trade of Pierre Paul today. I didn't think they got enough back. And I think as we heard uh, Greg Sussman say, I mean, are they taking Chubb at two now? I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, it's strange what the, Gi- the moves the Giants have made other than getting Solder from uh, New England. They did need to fix that left tackle. Yeah, that was, that was a big move. That's going to hurt the Patriots, man. The Patriots, uh, they have a lot of picks. I wonder what they're going to do in addressing the offensive line with that 41-year-old quarterback. You listen to Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Florio, 
How are we doing? Is this the end of the show, Mike Florio? This is the end of the show. I'm sad. George Kurtz, you were the man, and I'm sad this is the end of the show. I wanted to keep going, but they won't let us. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back. Corey Parson, Fantasy Football Frenzy. We're out of here.